Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo. Now unless you've been hiding under a rock, you're probably well aware of the rate of change that's impacting many of our enterprises and industries. And of the many jobs in our organisations, one of them that's particularly become much more demanding is the role of the CFO. You know, the person who's responsible for ensuring that the organisation they serve um, or the part of what they're serving is actually growing sustainably and profitably in effect continuing to add value to customers so how then do they actually decide who to hire into their finance organizations to meet and overcome those challenges well this week i had a very interesting conversation with the cfo around this topic and as much as i'm in no rush to become a cfo myself i'm still very much curious to learn from them their thinking and how they staff their organizations to meet these additional demands and it turned out that this CFO had some areas very performing well. And I imagine that's the same for most CFOs. You know, you've got some areas with positive testimonials from general managers or business leaders uh, espousing or talking about how well their finance leaders are contributing to their business's success. And then you've probably got those on the other hand where there's general managers saying, well, finance business partners or their finance support, decision support, isn't perhaps meeting their expectations and is not really helping them achieve their goals. If anything, even worse, maybe actually holding them back from achieving their goals. So to add to the challenges, the CFO, you know, some of these high performing teams in, well, in this particular case, were actually identifying incremental value creation opportunities. So needed to raise their staff numbers to go execute them. Um, I don't like the word headcount, but that's corporate speak. And then similarly, those uh, CFOs or the heartbreak ones or the headache ones also wanted additional headcount to satisfy the general managers. They were perhaps not serving as well as they should have been. So where was the CFO to recruit? Uh, I mean, how would you decide or if you were to put yourself in your shoes, you know, who would you give the additional staff members or headcount to? Well... I suppose that really depends on your mindset or the mindset of the CFO, right? So you might remember a couple of weeks ago, I introduced you to the idea of the three different mindsets a finance professional can have. And the first one was a profit and loss mindset, right? So if the prevalent mindset of the CFO is as finance as an overhead, then they must fit the total cost of delivering the finance support or service within a politically motivated budget. Uh, that means expenditure in one area of finance will mean less is available for another. Right? So you could say that approach or the CFO in this case could have taken approach of the balance sheet mindset, which is more where finance and fi the finance team can be sweated like an asset so that they deliver more from what they have at their disposal, i.e. Uh, it could train on the performing teams, enhance systems, uh, introduce maybe some robotic process automation, um, look at improving efficiency ratios, doing more with less, uh, meeting you know, additional requests from the same headcount, that type of thing. So what did the CFO actually do in this scenario? Well, the CFO actually ended up spending his remaining budget to plug the gap in the finance team supporting the less satisfied or dissatisfied general managers causing the most noise. I mean, because ultimately, if you think about it, organizations can be very political and sometimes for an easier life well in the short term anyway uh, you can placate those uh, who shout the loudest 
And then it's easy then to see finance as an overhead because there's only so much budget to go around. However, the CFO in our scenario didn't actually just stop there either. He also leveraged the assets in his stronger performing teams, their policies, controls, uh, some of their approaches systems to actually improve efficiencies in the underperforming teams as well. So an assets-based approach. And he put in place ways of work where they were able to actually sweat and get more out of the current assets of the finance team, so deliver more with less. And there was a third way found. So the CFO actually then went on to apply a cash flow mindset, which actually states that it's the role of finance to continually question whether or not we're delivering the right value for the business. So rather than simply um, helping existing finance assets realize their potential, they actually increase the value creation potential of the entire finance organization by hiring additional team members for the high performing teams. Specialists say in technology and analytics with the mindset that the return to the business would actually outweigh any overspend in his budget. You know, and yes, I think you heard that right, a CFO who was actually prepared to overspend his budget. And he demonstrated this by using a value log to justify his decision and the overspend. He tasked the individuals and leaders in his finance teams to track and describe the value they were actually delivering in the period, its increased present value to the business and shareholders, and how many testimonials it received from stakeholders in the business too. Now, I put an example of a value log in the show notes for you to go and check out. And I suppose in the next few weeks, I'll do a more detailed Monday memo on a value log. But essentially, the idea is a much more brave and joined up way of thinking. And it really is the future of finance or value creation and demonstrating that is the future of finance. You know, we're finance professionals. We come out from behind our desks. We meet with stakeholders. We understand how their value chains fit together across the business, where we find opportunities to apply our finance training, to deliver insights, help solve their problems and challenges, support their decisions and help them meet their goals and give them some more certainty and peace of mind around the important decisions they're making, which are ultimately reflected in the numbers. And if we help make those better, we'll make the numbers better. And that's why we also bring guest mentors onto the Strength in the Numbers show, you know, to share with you their stories and hard-won lessons and how they've practically figured out how to take, in effect, this third way, this more enlightened way, and create even, uh, you know, and create and contribute even more value in and for their organizations. And ultimately, their advice and how we deconstruct that down for you into small steps can help you follow those steps and learn how to better leverage your strengths in the numbers faster so you can have more fun, rewarding and successful careers in finance and accounting. So look, hope you enjoyed this episode and this story about uh, how some of our leaders are dealing with the challenges out there. And if you found this useful, please share it with your colleagues and friends. We're on all the major platforms. You can subscribe to us at SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher and YouTube. And really appreciate you taking the time to watch and listen in today. So until next time, take care of yourselves and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers.